You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Snoop Chasen of Fog.net. <laughs> oh, Snoop, boy. welcome to the show. Yeah, I can tell you this. We rehearsed a lot of opens. Uh, we had to meet with, like, the sensor people. We had to meet with the network, and basically we were told we'd be taken off the air if we did anything. I, I'm not allowed to dance, apparently. Yeah. I don't know why. We had to you, put the poles away. I know. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive show.com and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net and a little insider secret it's actually at 1201 a.m mm. This morning, but it anyhow. Yeah, good way to put it. We're going to start things off with <laughs> our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. They still are expecting you. So now let's eat. Well, the K-State team looked so good in winning its first three games, and now has opened Big 12 play with two losses. Fitz, what has changed so quickly for Coach Chris Kleiman's team? I got two minutes here. <laughs> Let's see. Let me pull out my list. <laughs> hey, you know, it really does look like K-State isn't playing with the same gusto, spirit, energy, however you want to put it, uh, that they have, they did in their first three games. The offense looks much more predictable, while in those first three games it seemed to be completely unpredictable. Maybe it was just new to us and new to everyone and nobody knew what was coming when they lined up in formation this or that and now after a little bit of scouting they are very predictable to opponents I don't believe that this offense had a lot of success at North Dakota State and it wasn't just because they had better players because it was a well-conceived offensive plan but the offense we're seeing in Manhattan doesn't seem to be that same offense they very rarely throw to tight ends maybe that's an indictment on the tight ends they're not throwing to the backs out of the backfield maybe they're not comfortable with that uh, and what they're the problem with they're having now is they're not running the ball with the same authority the offensive line isn't dominating the point of attack and <clears throat> receivers particularly with one injury Malik Knowles being out he tried to play Saturday and had to leave the game but all of a sudden the receivers don't seem to be open I don't buy any of that I I think K-State is its own worst enemy and on defense plays like this have been killing them they give up too many big plays they're good on 95% of the snaps Scott and then boom they just give up a horrendous play where they miss a tackle and as coach Kleiman said after the game they're trying to strike and not wrap up 
Uh, and, you know, they're just not good enough to knock someone over with a body strike. you got to be fundamental. It's back to fundamentals. It's back to the basics. Get back to what you were doing in fall camp and then bring it out after an off week when you play host to TCU. Yeah, and, and I know this decision didn't end up meaning as much because of the final margin of the game. I know there was a lot of talk, at least on social media, about maybe a t- going for a touchdown versus going for a field goal decision. A- any thoughts on those kinds of decisions? Yeah, you know, for the second straight week, people are doubting Coach Kleiman and deciding to kick a field goal when his team really needed touchdowns. The one in Oklahoma State bothered me worse than this one, mm-hmm. but uh, they both can be questioned. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is they couldn't move the ball, so we thought he would just take the points and hope that maybe the next time around they'd move the ball more consistently. They're just not moving the ball. That's <laughs> a problem. Okay, Scott, there was some breaking news today as KU made the decision to promote Brent Dearman to offensive coordinator. Out with one guy, in with a new one. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about Dearman, and do you like this hire? Well, I, I think it is a great hire for KU. I think it's a hire that should have been made the second they had him on board and Chip Lindsey wasn't going to be there anymore. Brent Dearman is a guy, uh, he was the head coach at Tackle. You may not have heard of the school, but for one year, the Thrashers. all his offense did was average 55 points per game, over 500 yards per game. That led all of college football, That's any thrashing. level of college football. Before that, he was at Arkansas Tech. His first year, he engineered something like a 350% increase in the run game. The next year, his starting quarterback goes down, his starting running back goes down, half of his offensive line goes down. They're using a wide receiver at quarterback, and they still put up 30 or 40, excuse me, or more points in three of the team's remaining seven games. This is a guy that just about anyone who has crossed paths have, has raved about, and I don't think that was the case with Les Kenning when they brought him in. I think the Les Kenning hire was maybe viewed as kind of this stabilizing, you bring a guy in who's older with experience at a lot of different places for one year, and you saw that it really didn't work. The Jayhawks didn't have much of an offensive identity, uh, I would argue, throughout the year. They ran RPOs at times. That seemed to be Brent Dearman's kind of handprints. He's actually written a book on the RPO. That seemed to be his handprints on the offense. At other times, they wanted to be a power running team. At certain times, they were a spread team. At certain times, uh, everything was bunched in tight. KU's biggest issue offensively, there, there were a few, so maybe not quite the biggest, but one of the major ones was just not being able to commit to a singular system. Now they're going to have that. Brent Dearman is a guy... He wants to spread you out. He wants to use uh, concepts and plays that have multiple different options, but it's going to originate out of the RPO. The quarterback is the most important part of Brent Gearman's offense. I think Carter Stanley is going to be very excited, very excited about the chance to work with him. A coach moves from being a head coach in the KCAC to an offensive <laughs> coordinator in less than a year. That's remarkable. Well, it's funny. When I talked to people for the story that I actually wrote on him, Shameless Plug, a few days ago, they all told me they expected him to get a head coaching job out of Bethel and they were some kind of a coordinator job or something again a guy whose offense has averaged over 50 points per game he knows what he's doing coaching that Gus Malzahn told me he's a rising star in the world of offense that's the Auburn coach uh, for those that don't know this is a guy with a pretty good track record I think it's a great hire awesome TCU and Oklahoma State played really good football last week and then went on the road this week and lost, looking like a shell of themselves. Is it time to admit, big question, that more than half of the Big 12 just isn't very good? I actually deleted the word trash from this read. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like there have been weeks where it's been like, oh, maybe the Big 12 things are looking up and, and what TCU did to Kansas, that's certainly a week where you go, hey, maybe the quarterback play isn't bad as you think. Think, and maybe the defense, maybe the speed, maybe it's all going to come together. But uh, yeah, this was probably a step back. I, I think it would be fair to say in a big way for the Big 12, just in terms of when the teams at the bottom of your league start beating the teams at the top, 
that, that's going to happen. You see it in Big 12 basketball particularly all the time. And uh, the main difference there is basketball season kind of, it, it builds up to the 64-team or 68-team tournament of unpredictability, and you want kind of this competitiveness top to bottom. In football, a lot of the yeah. times you see you want four or five teams really to assert themselves as these dominant forces. And maybe you're getting that now at the top with Iowa State if they turn it around. But, yeah, maybe with Baylor, but you're, you're not getting that right now. Well, Baylor defensively can play with anyone in the conference. They're really good. But offensively, I don't know if they'll be able mm -hmm. to hang with the Oklahoma Texas. Maybe if you combine Baylor and, and Iowa State can into one team. I don't think that's legal. Plus, it would be strange to have a Baptist university in Iowa. It's getting confusing. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this. I, I think clearly Oklahoma's the best and everyone else. I mean, Tech looked awful, and then they just destroyed Oklahoma State. TC looks great against Kansas, and then they get destroyed by Iowa State. It's just on and on. The only thing that so far has been predictable, unfortunately, in the Big 12 is K-State and KU are the only two winless teams in conference play, mm -hmm. which they were predicted to be 9 and 10, so maybe we should accept that. I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think both are going to win a game or two or three or four. We will see a lot of football to be played, but I know this. Nobody can compete with Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and when we get to the picks, we'll see what the odds maker thinks of, <laughs> of the Red River rivalry. Should be a showdown, shootout, something, but mm -hmm. uh, that's coming up this weekend. Now let's take a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Film 11. Your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, last week's question was, of the five undefeated college football teams as of now, which does not belong in the four-team playoff? The answer is Alabama getting 10% of the vote, Clemson 5%, Ohio State 30%, Georgia at 40%, Oklahoma at 15%. Some big 12 homers, but I think that's okay. That's all right. I was a little surprised Georgia was that high, but so be it. Here's this week's question. If healthy, will quarterbacks Skylar Thompson at K-State and Carter Stanley at KU start all of their team's games this season? So will both start all the games if they're healthy? A, both yes. B, Thompson, yes. Stanley, no. C, Stanley, yes. Thompson, no. D, both no. E, I want Scott Jason's phone number. Send it to me. Vote <laughs> at thedriveshow.com. Well, that's going to do it for this part, this half of the two-minute drill. We will continue with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Okay, State wore white helmets and white pants Saturday for the first time since 1988. It was the first time since 1988, sorry, that the Wildcats have not worn either the silver helmet with the Power Cat or their signature silver pants. Fitz, why is this? I, I don't know. Next question. Hey, uh, I, look. 
players want new stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of younger fans particularly, not all young players, this isn't break along generational lines, that wanted a fresh look. This is an alternate uniform. Let's be clear about that. This is not going to be their new home uniform, but they will incorporate the white pants and white helmets at times uh, into other things. I, I expect them to use an all-white outfit when they go, an outfit, an outfit, uh, when they go on the road at some point, maybe at Kansas. So we're white helmets, white shirt, white pants, and you know what, after Labor Day, Scott? <laughs> I don't know the rules on this, but I've been told you can't wear white after Labor Day. I'm confused by this. I thought it looked really good. Isn't that a level two NCAA violation? I think so. White after Labor Day. White after Labor Day. I thought it looked fantastic. I loved the white helmet. But here's my thing. I want to keep the power cat. There's talk of possibly having a helmet with the word cats written on it. Uh, a, A logo that last appeared in 1988. Now, I know younger people are like, get over it. That was the bottom, the rock bottom of Kansas State football. And I don't really want to conjure back up those memories, but also the Powercat is the brand. Mm -hmm. And I think the Powercat belongs on the helmet. There's some really cool helmet designs out there. A guy, Mike Stanley, that's done a lot of really incredible designs of different logos for K-State, and I love them all. I think it's really cool, but the Powercat is the brand. I have no problem with the white helmet, the purple Powercat. I would have no problem with the purple helmet with the white. You get the picture. I get it. Recruits love it. Yeah. Players love it. And at the bottom end of the day, if it makes sense, at the end of the day, it didn't make a lick of difference on the field. The team didn't look good, play good. They looked good, played bad. So it's just all kind of window dressing, and uh, at least it was nice window dressing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you don't need me to be the resident young guy to tell you. Young people like shiny things and new things and mixing it up, and you've seen what Oregon. I doubt Kansas State is going to become the next Oregon with, uh, with jersey combinations, but, hey, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I would. KU had its late night in the fog this weekend. And Scott, well, it seems like things got a little out of hand. Uh, Just a little bit. Walk us through the Snoop Dogg performance and everything that followed in your favorite part. (laughs) Well, uh, I think it's worth noting that beforehand, Bill Self said he suggested Darius Rucker, who I don't totally know who that is. It's a country guy. Okay. He's a South Carolina fan. Okay, so there you go. That was maybe the coach's uh, suggestion. It ended up being Snoop Dogg. Close. Very similar. (laughs) Look, I... The Snoop Dogg performance, I think it was a hit with a lot of the people who were in attendance. They seemed to be having a good time. There were also some parts of the performance that were obviously called into question. There were uh, pole dancers, pole dancing. I think that was part of it. Snoop Dogg also had a gun that shot money. Uh, They were fake. uh, What do you want to call them? Snoop Bucks. Snoop Bucks with uh, his picture on them. Was that he actually went over to uh, not only one of the pole dancers and shot him, but actually over to the team and the area where their recruits were sitting and kind of fired it off. Now, I can tell you this. Uh, watching Bill Self's reaction closely, because I was actually sitting where media was seated, uh, seated, we were right across from him. He did not uh, seem to have an especially positive response when the money gun was brought out. He dropped his head, he looked straight down, he did not move, and then he left. And he told us afterward that he, uh, quote, wasn't feeling well. I think you can read between the lines on that one. He uh, playfully kind of ducked a question about it and said, uh, was that a good job of not answering your freaking question when he was asked about the performance? And he he joked about the team's performance. Uh, But then he went back and said that he didn't think it was appropriate. So, uh, look, KU put itself in this situation by bringing in Snoop Dogg. I, I think you don't bring in Snoop Dogg without realizing that some of this is going to happen. Uh, Jeff Long, KU's athletic director, did issue an apology, but 
Yeah, it was probably a little bit too much for that setting. You didn't mention the dog mascot. <laughs> oh boy, I forgot about this. Blunt. Yeah, and, and let me just say one more thing. On the side of KU, they moved the performance. This was the first time they've done this, at least since I've covered the team, to after the scrimmage. And the point of that was, if you want to go to the scrimmage, see all that, and then leave before Snoop Dogg because you don't think that's the type of thing maybe you didn't want your kid to go to or, or whatever, you could do that. Again, you bring in Snoop Dogg, and whether or not, you know, Bill Self said he thought it was going to be radio friendly, it was not radio friendly. And I can tell you there was a, a television monitor with lyrics, and you could see from the very first word that was displayed up there uh, was a word that we can't say on television. So I, I think the indications were maybe there early that it was going to get a little bit racy. Kind of a tough situation there. I know there are some people who are pretty upset about it. Not me. I'm good. I just wish I didn't get paid in Snoop Bucks. They, they really don't buy me a burger anywhere in town. Mm, I gotta and negotiate now, that one. Ironically, now we're gonna step out of bounds. Well, Snoop Dogg, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ESPN's College Game Day broadcast from the Auburn at uh, Florida game last Saturday. Next Saturday, they chose Florida at LSU over Oklahoma versus Texas in Dallas. Did ESPN get this right, or was this disrespectful of the Big 12? Well, first of all, I, I don't think they got it right. Go to Oklahoma, Texas. It's clearly mm -hmm. a lead up to the Big 12 championship game. Maybe they're planning on going to the Big 12 championship game. Mm -hmm. I doubt it. <laughs> but maybe that's their plan. Having Florida on twice in a row kind of indicates to me that, hey, we get clearly get better ratings when we show the SEC game and we do our show from there and it's a lot more fun and we don't have to travel as much and we can cart the equipment from point A to point B. I understand why ESPN does it. It's about numbers. It's about ratings. It's about costs. I get all that. But you also should try to be somewhat inclusive. Mm -hmm. Let's pretend that other conferences exist more than going to an Ohio State game once in a while. Uh, you, you know, pulling that out. We're going to cover Ohio State in Lincoln. That's the big game. <laughs> like, that was a good game. Uh, just move it around a little bit. You are the focus of college football from that morning two hours or whatever you're on. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up that early to watch it. Pretend that you care about everyone. I get why you're doing it. I would probably go to Baton Rouge over Dallas next weekend, too. We both have the weekend off. Yeah. I think I'll do that. Well, look, Florida LSU is going to be a fun time, but I, I do agree, especially when you have a Heisman Trophy candidate. It's usually you can get away with maybe featuring him and, hey, check out Jalen Hurts, see what he does. Big test. But Couldn't close. you pretend that Jalen Hurts still an Alabama quarterback? That's so you're brilliant. still kind of covering the SEC. Alabama and Oklahoma versus Texas. That's like how it. you sell it. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, hey, Fitz, Adidas, the NCAA, and now Snoop Dogg. When will the college basketball world quit making the Jayhawks victims? And that's from Scott in Manhattan. A note, I am Scott in Lawrence. Different Scots. Now, this Scott in Manhattan, uh, yeah, goes by many names. Look, I... I think this is one of the most tone-deaf weekends in sports history in this area. First of all, as Scott said, it's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You, you know what you're going to get. Even his version of PG isn't PG. Yeah. Snoop lives in a different world, one that's quite foggy at times, uh, or smoky. And, I think you got it right the okay. first time. And look, the other part is they did a promo video for this with Coach Self wearing an Adidas shirt with a gold chain with a dollar sign on it when you're embroiled in a controversy about Adidas paying your players. 
maybe think these things through a little bit better, whoever's in charge of these things, which at the end of the day is Jeff Long. Yeah, and again, I, w I will say this. It's, you can look at each thing individually and, and say, well, this is how this happened and this is how that happened, but I think that's kind of the point you go back to, which is you've kind of set this up as, as building, especially the announcement. It, it really did seem to kind of poke fun at the situation. It's hard to come back after that, after the Snoop Dogg thing and say, oh, but hey, we didn't mean for this to go this way, even, even if it is true. And I, I do believe that part of it is true, but you kind of put yourself in that situation. You, you set yourself up to, for that criticism. Darius Rucker would have said, gosh and golly, just saying. <laughs> Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now it's time to look at our predictions, sadly. The <laughs> predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's, not sadly about that. It's a, your work boot center. If you need work boots, go to Vanderbilt's. Remember to make your weekly predictions at thedriveshow.com. Here are last week's results. We're running out of time. We probably shouldn't show it. <laughs> Okay, there it is. Scott went 2-1. Uh, the fans and myself uh, stink at this. And uh, we're not picking K-State or KU this week because they don't play. Mm. Now here are this week's picks. We start with Texas Tech plus 7.5 at Baylor. Baylor's got to win by more than a touchdown. I think they'll do it. I'm going to go with Baylor, too. Next is Iowa State minus 5 at West Virginia. I am going out on a limb, and I'm saying almost home, West Virginia. Is that how it goes? Ah, close enough, I think. Take me home. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Snoop Dogg song? It is. A, it, it'll be his next. It'll be on his next album. I'll take Iowa State. Take me home. Our last game of the week is Oklahoma minus nine and, a, nine and a half. Nine and a half at Texas versus Texas. I'm going with Oklahoma after I'm, all that. I'm going with the Sooners Okay, so we only have one difference, so yeah. I can't make it the, the whole month. I'm on a mess. Again, make your picks over the driveshow.com. I'm never going to catch you at this rate. I, will you make some bad picks? I will make bad picks. Trust me. I've had 0-3. I've had 0-4 weeks on this show, I'm pretty sure. Let's go to on the clock. Here we go. Mr. Scott Jason, get rolling. Oh, we're brought to you by Carpet One. Uh, your floor and home center. I don't have the read in front of me. I don't know what's going on at this point. Scott, talk. Well, the bye week is coming up for KU football. And look, teams use their bye weeks in all sorts of different ways. But for Kansas, one of the messages, and this was before the offensive coordinator change, was about a self-scout, about figuring out what KU was doing, what was predictable, and finding ways to change that. Well, one way that's been entirely predictable is when the team lines up in a tight formation that's an eye formation and running a toss play up the middle. It's plays like that that maybe work when you have the personnel to not only run the ball like Kansas does, but the offensive line uh, that you might have at a place like in LSU, where you can bully other opponents, where you can back people down and just run through them over and over. That's never been the trademark of a guy or the hallmark of a guy like a Puka Williams, a smaller runner who likes to go in between the tackles, bounce outside. I think if KU looks at some of the things it's doing offensively, cuts out some of that predictability, I think it will make that offense a lot better, especially with the new offensive coordinator. Kansas State fans, the ones that are panicking, 
back away from the edge. It's going to be okay. Look, K-State was not as good as we thought when they went 3-0, and they're certainly not as bad as you might think now that they've lost their first two Big 12 games. Yes, some things need to change. Yes, they have not looked good, and they've only scored two touchdowns in the last two games. Things need to change. Things need to get better, but it is also a growing season for Kansas State. The talent pool is down in Manhattan. A few injuries have made the talent seem to drop off drastically. We knew this going into the season, and most of us predicted a 6-6 six and six year, a record that's very attainable, starting with TCU after a bye week. And then you play Oklahoma. I got bad news. You're probably going to lose that game, too. I'm, I don't mean to break that to anyone, mm-hmm. but they'll probably lose to Oklahoma. That's some breaking news. You mm-hmm. only hear it here. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+.